Comic Book Time Machine, episode 111, Runaways, issues 1 through 18. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Comic Book Time Machine. And yes, it's been a while. Um, we've got an episode that we just put up that was Matt doing his uh, continuation of the Crisis on Infinite Earths series. And we have another episode coming up from him after this one. And what can I say? I mean, I I, uh, I could make excuses and I could give the whole, you know, life happens or I could give the whole, you know, um, I, I'm podcasting. I don't care. Blah, 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 blah. Or I could give the whole, I feel so bad. I feel so guilty. And, and honestly, all of those things kind of figure into what happens with a podcaster when he goes a long time, he or she goes a long time without, you know, posting a new episode. And, and honestly, for me, it comes down to, um, spare time. And this, this is the more, more of the spare time podcast that I do welcome to level seven is forced and we have so many things going on with the Marvel Cinematic Universe we are forced to uh, really spend most of our energies on on that strangers and aliens is a weekly thing usually and even that suffers a little bit sometimes when I get busy um, but yeah I mean comic time machine that's the place where I get to go and just talk about comics and have fun talking about comics and it's just my own thing it's not dictated by the Marvel Cinematic Universe that, hey, a movie's coming out. You must talk about it right now. Uh, or, hey, the last episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. came out, which just did come out. And wow, is it really, really good. Season five, I cannot believe that first, those first two episodes, really, uh, two hour kind of premiere thing that they just did. And wow, that was so good. And honestly, what I'm going to talk about today really does come from the Welcome to Level 7 side of things. I read these comics because of Hulu's original series, Runaways, and I was watching it and thought, you know, I need to I need to get caught up on this. I need to know what's going on with, with Runaways. What is the deal with, with Runaways? And I have a stack. Oh, it's, it's quite a stack of Cloak and Dagger comics next to me right now. There will be some more Comic Book Time Machine stuff about Cloak and Dagger coming soon. Why? Because there's an original series from the Marvel Cinematic Universe called Cloak and Dagger coming to cable on Freeform, which used to be ABC Family. And I'm not going to get caught uh, unprepared with that one. Cloak and Dagger, whenever I start reading them, I always forget how much I love those characters. And that's a love that goes back to way back when I was uh, just a... Uh, just a wee lad, uh, not really, but a, a teenager with expendable income. And my expendable income went to Spider-Man, uh, went to Captain America, and it went to occasionally Superman, and it went to Cloak and Dagger. I actually bought a, a short run of Cloak and Dagger comics month to month because it just really intrigued me. And and every time I come back to read Cloak and Dagger, I, I always forget how much I really enjoy those characters. And so I'm really actually excited about what's going to happen when we get to uh, <clears throat> that TV show, um, especially based on the whole Runaways TV show thing going on. So I have a graphic novel that contains all of the pre-Cloak uh, and Dagger issues of the, so the characters as they appeared in Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man and Marvel Fanfare and some of that kind of stuff. And then I have 
uh, the four issue miniseries that they did, and that that's a, it's a story of its own and, and how I discovered that. And there's a just had a fun time finding Cloak and Dagger comics over Black Friday weekend. And then I have the run of Cloak and Dagger that I actually have a couple doubles of because I bought like four issues in a row when I was collecting comics in high school and then got the entire 18 issue run for $5 about 10, 15 years ago uh, after I was married. But and then I have the the two graphic novels that came out. So there's going to be some cloak and dagger stuff coming from Comic Book Time Machine. But really, I, I'm I need to get back into the Star Wars stuff with with Comic Book Time Machine, and you get back into some Swamp stuff. I've I've prepared a couple episodes of Swamp Monster stuff, but I just haven't gotten around to getting it out because again, time. Also, some of that time has gone into writing. Uh, I don't have any current writing jobs where I'm getting paid to write. Uh, but I am not letting that stop me from writing. I'm actually writing some stuff that is just my own stuff, the things that I want to write. So I'm writing a superhero novel <laughs> and having a lot of fun with that. Uh, you know, that's not going to make me any money. I mean, I, I'm just going to throw it out there right now. I know that. Uh, but I'm also, again, not going to make any money doing this. But uh, Evan, David, and I are, are working on a uh, superhero audio drama series that uh, we've got four chapters uh, written and we're planning to do more, but first we have to get those four chapters that are written recorded and, and get those out there. But uh, Evan, David, Stephen McDonald, and myself each wrote a chapter of a story uh, featuring our own character that we created, and then the third or the fourth chapter of that is featuring all three of those characters teaming up for one great big thing. Which boy, oh. Yeah, we're, we're, we're totally original when we when it comes to that kind of thing. You know, I mean, no one has ever thought to do something like that where they do a solo story and then those solo characters team up and form a team. No one has ever thought to do something like that before ever, ever. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Here's the thing. And, and I reference this in my superhero novel. Uh, there's nothing new under the sun. It's all been done before. You can't get around it. It's just have fun with it and do something new that's new for you, you know, make it make it your thing. And so if I'm going to give some writing advice right now to anyone, it's this. You're never going to have a truly original idea. Get over it and just get to it and enjoy it. Um, so, so what if someone's already done what you want to do? You know, don't copy them. Just stay away from that person who's done the thing you've already want you that you want to do. And, and don't copy them and just do your own thing. Put your personal spin on it. Make it yours. That's how you do it. You just make sure that you're having fun and that it's something that you're not stealing. Now, if it turns out it's really close and you didn't steal it, what can you do? Just be careful then. Uh, this is not legal advice <laughs> when I say this. Uh, this is personal advice, but all that said... Um, yeah, it's time for me to take a look at what we're actually talking about in this episode, and that is Runaways. Now, I got the Runaways uh, graphic novel from the library, and this is the Complete Collection, Volume 1. So this collects issues 1 through 18, which is the first series that Runaways had. Now, Runaways has had a couple different series since then, and I guess there's actually a new series now. And I'm not sure if I'm going to continue reading past this collection. I know Joss Whedon got involved in things uh, later on and some other really talented creators got involved in things later on. But what I'm holding in my hands is actually a really nice, concise, complete story. Um, 
from issue one through issue 18, you get a beginning, you get a middle and an end. You actually get a couple beginnings, a couple middles and a couple ends because there's there's a handful of things that could be considered story arcs. Um, issues one through six, I kind of call um, that's that's the story arc where they uh, meet and it ends with a hero team shot. And then issues seven through 12 are two other uh, two stories in between there. And then issues 13 through 18 are basically origins of what's going on. And, you know, secrets that were alluded to mysteries that were um, revealed become known. And in issue 18, you are done and it feels like you could stop right there and, and you don't need to continue. And I like stories like that. I like it when there's a beginning, middle, and end. And so reading this, that's always a bonus. Is there a beginning, middle, and end? Yes. I just read what could have been a movie. Or three movies. A trilogy, if you would. (laughs) And then uh, another thing that I ask myself, does it look good? And as a comic book, does it look good? And yes, the artwork looks good. I'm I'm not going to go so far as to say it's super fantastic, but it's really good. And then is the story compelling? Yes, it's a good story. And there's clever dialogue. And there's some dialogue that feels a little little too clever. Um, And some of you know what I mean. And some of you are just like, well, how can something be too clever? Isn't clever a good thing? Yes, yes, I know. But the bottom line is for this, it's a good story and it's well-written. And so, yeah, what is Runaways? Well, Runaways is a comic book series that was created by Brian K. Vaughn. And Brian K. Vaughn is a well-known comic book creator. He has done a number of really, really good things that people really, really like. He's worked on X-Men. He's worked on Captain America. He's worked on Runaways. He's worked on um, Green Lantern. He's worked on Swamp Thing. Uh, He's the creator who created and wrote like the entire thing, Why the Last Man, which I think went... I don't know, it's one of those things that just, it goes, has a beginning, a middle, and an end. So, you know, 60 issues, I think, 60, 70, something like that. And he, so, yeah, that said, uh, he has pedigree. He's good. He knows what he's doing. And Runaways definitely reveals that. Uh, the artists on on runaways um, are not people I'm familiar with. Uh, I've heard the names maybe, but um, Adrian Alfona Alfona, and that that's the main artist who penciled uh, 16 of the 18 issues. And then the other artist is Takeshi Miyazawa. And that artist did issues 11 and 12, which makes sense because those two issues are their own thing, their own little mini arc. And they also feature, well, we'll get to it. So he created this, um, when he created it, he was basically trying to come up with an all ages concept. That would be something that anyone could get into. And so anyone who, uh, picks it up is able to pick it up and you can have a passing knowledge of the Marvel universe. You don't have to know anything about what's going on in current continuity because it just is this kind of its own thing off on the side. And they reference every once in a while, you know, they talk about Captain America and there are some guest stars. Um, 
the book opens with Spider-Man and the Hulk, and it turns out that that's uh, not exactly what it seems because it's actually one of the main characters. Alex is playing a massively multiplayer or whatever. Um, he's playing a video game <laughs> and, and playing one of those characters. Um, it definitely takes place in the Marvel universe, but all you need to know is the Marvel universe exists. And if you like the Marvel universe, if you know about the Marvel universe, you're going to get along just fine here in the Marvel universe. That said, it's its its own thing, and these characters are their own characters. They're all brand new characters for this series. Uh, all the heroes, all the villains, brand new, except for a couple guest stars. And so the, the whole thing itself, because it's well-written, I mean, I don't want to get into spoilers here. There are some spoilers I do want to talk about, and I'll probably play my, my trademark uh, spoiler organ. But... Um, without getting any, into any spoilers, this is something that I really, really recommend because of all the things that I've talked about. And part of it is that these are brand new characters who you are be just being introduced to for the first time in this book. Um, the heroes, the villains, uh, you meet them here and you, you learn who they are. You learn about their past and, and it does a really good job of introducing the ensemble. It is an ensemble book. Uh, the cover of the complete collection has all six of the main characters in here. The six main characters are the kids. Now, there's the TV show, the Runaways TV show. And actually, the thing I was talking about, how, how this kind of exists in its own pocket in the Marvel Universe, where, you know, the they are in the Marvel Universe. The TV show is supposed to be a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm not sure how well it exists within the Marvel Cinematic Universe because... <laughs> Uh, one of the main characters in the TV show, which is Nico's mother. Nico is um, in in the comic book here. She is Sister Grimm. And her mother is actually a, a villain character that has appeared. She's a magic character. And she actually appears as like a good guy in Doctor Strange. The movie. That's the Marvel Cinematic Universe that she appears in. And it's so it's kind of strange. Then she shows up in Runaways, too. Well, the thing is, in Doctor Strange, the movie, she appears, but it's in a group shot, a crowd shot. Uh, they don't name her within the movie. They name her in the credits as, you know, this character is played by this actress and they give that name. Uh, but at the same time, they never say it on screen. So it is quite possible that you just have this magic user over in New York who has a staff that looks like the staff of one, which is what they call it in the comic book. I don't think they've called it on screen. I don't think they called it that on screen yet. Um, and then you have this other character who's over in LA and they just have very similar magic weapons that they use. But Runaways on TV, on, on Hulu, is meant to be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it also is meant to just kind of take place in its own little pocket where the Marvel Cinematic Universe really doesn't have much of an effect on it. On Netflix, the Marvel Cinematic Universe infiltrates all the time because they talk about the incident and they talk about the guy with the hammer and they talk about the guy with the metal long johns and they talk about the guy, the red, white and blue guy and the big green angry guy. They don't necessarily use their names very much, but they do mention them all the time. Uh, Runaways on Hulu has not done anything like that at all. 
And I think that's uh, by choice. I think the producers don't want to feel hedged in by uh, what the Marvel Cinematic Universe has. So we'll see what happens with that. You know, and, and speaking of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we are talking about every episode of Runaways over on Welcome to Level 7 at welcometolevel7.com. And it might seem a little bit weird that I'm, to- I'm doing this comic book time machine about Runaways right now. And it is because I've released four episodes of Runaways coverage on Welcome to Level 7 in the last, I don't know, um, yeah, in the last week and a half-ish. Uh, there's been a lot of Runaways talk over there on Welcome to Level 7, and now this is kind of supplementary talk. Uh, if you listen to Welcome to Level 7 and haven't listened to the Runaway episodes, um, you're not going to know much about things, and that's okay. I just want to say this. Uh, Runaways is definitely worth your time. It may not be worth joining another subscription service, but if I were to say, um, I, I think it's worth your time to go ahead and do the free month with Hulu or pay for one month with Hulu, watch Runaways, and then you know maybe watch a couple other things like Agent Carter or some cartoons or something. Uh, maybe a couple episodes of The Incredible Hulk with Lou Ferrigno and Bill Bixby, and then drop it within that month. So you're only paying, what, six bucks or nine bucks and getting uh, 10 episodes of Runaways. Now, Runaways is not at 10 episodes yet as of this recording, um, but you can do, like, I'm, I'm going to do that for Star Trek Discovery. I, I've, I've said this before, but I'm going to do the free trial period with CBS All Access to watch the first half of, of Star Trek Discovery. And then when it returns, I'm going to pay for a month and you know, watch the second half. I don't mind paying for content. I just don't want, I just can't do, you know, multiple, multiple streaming services. And so I'm sticking with, uh, Netflix and Hulu, and I'm going to just dabble into CBS all access to pay for Star Trek. Even if that means I'm not watching Star Trek in real time with all those other Star Trek fans who are watching it in real time. And I'm missing out. It's worth it to me to miss out. If it means putting a meal on my table, you know, for my kids or something like that, <laughs> which is why I got runaways from the library because I didn't want to pay for it. Uh, anyway, all that said, do the free month, watch this, watch the TV show and on, on Hulu, it's enjoyable. It's, it's good. And it does its job just like this comic book does it actually takes the comic book, uh, takes a lot of what happens in the early issues of the comic book. Anyway, there's some things in the comic book. I'm not sure that what they can do with, but they, they give it a little more sophistication and, they flesh out the characters and reading the comic book after watching the show. It almost felt like the comic book were, were uh, cartoonish uh, caricatures of what was on TV instead of being the the impetus behind what was on TV. But this definitely planted some great seeds for the people on Hulu, uh, the producers and, and the writers and the directors to, to create some really good stuff with those first four episodes of, of Runaways. So that's... Uh, kind of what runaways is we'll talk about some of the characters in just a minute i mean basically the characters are people who run away (laughs) surprise surprise uh my history with runaways though is someone from the target audience actually brought it to my attention i think i knew about it before they mentioned it to me but when i was teaching high school in uh public school and one of my journalism students knew that i was into comics and he came to me and said, hey, have you been reading Runaways? Have you been reading Runaways? It's really, really good. And I thought, oh, okay. And at the time, they had collected some of them in these small collections, but I couldn't find the first collection. So I ended up not buying that collection. 
And I, of course, didn't want to start in the middle, you know. And actually, I'm really glad I didn't start in the middle because uh, I was able to experience this, the whole story. And that's that's the way this 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 is going to be experienced best if you read it from the beginning to the end. I mean, you don't have to do it in one day or in one week like I did, but you're going to experience it best if you're actually able to read it from the beginning to the end because of things that they things that they set up at the beginning that get paid off at the end. So I didn't read it back then. Instead, I turned around and read it because the co- the TV show came. And <laughs> luckily, my library had it. And so I, I got it. And like I said, Volume 1 collects issues 1 through 18, which is the first series. Um, there is another series that uh, had 30 issues uh, that, that came out about a year later or, or less than a year later, maybe. But... And then uh, another a volume three uh, came out that had 14 issues. And then there's a volume four that had four issues. And then there's a new series that I don't know anything about. So that's what what it is. Now, the characters are all kids who basically they realize that not only do they think their parents are evil because, you know, they're teenagers and everyone knows that teenagers don't get along with their parents and believe their parents are the worst people on earth. And I remember believing that myself. And now I am experiencing that on the other end with teenagers in my house who think I'm the worst thing on earth. Now, not all the time. And I do love my parents and I've always loved my parents. Even when I was screaming and yelling at my parents that I didn't love them. I did. I did. And most of you who are listening right now can say something similar that even as you were saying, I hate you. You really don't hate them. You just hated what they were saying you needed to do because you didn't want to do it. But they were your parents and they knew best. And we were teenagers and we knew best because we were teenagers. And now I'm dealing with that with my own children. And I have to keep reminding myself that when they are acting like they can't stand me, they do still love me because I'm dad, you know. And so it's nice when they come back and, and, you know, give me that hug and, and, you know, Sometimes they say they're sorry, and sometimes they just pretend like it never happened. And both ways, generally speaking, I'm, I'm mostly okay with, because even if they're pretending it didn't happen, you know, we got to move on, right? Hopefully they're going to learn something from that, and sometimes you can't just pretend it never happened, because you need to have the lesson and the, you know, the sitcom ending where everything's okay, because we all learn something about love together. And there you're going to show me that smile again, you know, and the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. What might be right for you may not be right for some blah, 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 all that stuff. Uh, when it happens and you're in the moment, it does feel good to have, uh, you know, just time where you can make up. And, and come back together as, as father and son or father and daughter and, you know, just sit down and watch Mystery Science Theater, even though we had a big blow up in the afternoon or whatever. Anyway, these kids learn that their parents actually are evil. And so you've got six hero characters and you've got 12 villain characters right from the get go. And. That, yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot to juggle. But uh, Brian K. Vaughn does a great job of juggling the whole cast throughout the comic. Now, those first six issues are are all the setup. I mean, that is absolutely set up for, I mean, it's, it's the first act. 
Act one is our characters coming together, realizing they have a problem. And it's a problem that only they can help each other with. And so you have... Um, now, I'm, I'm remembering most of these characters from their TV names, which is their first names. They have superhero code names as well in the comic that I don't know if they're ever going to do in the, um, in the TV show. But the TV show does a great job of presenting these characters as uh, very, very close to what you find in the, in the comic book. Now, in the comic book, you have Gert. Uh, who is also known as Arsenic. And and then she has a pet dinosaur that is known as Old Lace. So you have Arsenic and Old Lace, which is, it's fun um, referencing that old old movie. You have uh, a, a girl, now Gert kind of can control uh, Old Lace, the, the dinosaur. And then you have uh, a girl with powers and she's because she's an alien and that is named Lucy. Her name is Lucy in the sky. Her real name is Carolina, Carolina. And she has had her powers inhibited by a bracelet that her parents have made her wear. And when she takes the bracelet off, she, it activates her powers, which is this liberating thing for her. And they did a great job of turning into something new in the, in the TV show. Um, then you have Molly, also known as Bruiser, who is basically a mini Hulk. She's able to Hulk out, get great strength, but then she has to sleep it off big time. There's Nico, also known as Sister Grimm, who has a staff called the Staff of One. And this staff is uh, in her body. And when she cuts and draws blood on her body, the staff will just come shooting out of her body. And then she's able to use that to do magic tricks. Uh, then you have Chase and Chase in the comic. Oh, what is the code name that he used? Oh, they call him talk back. <laughs> and he is um, part of an Iron Man in that he has uh, gauntlets that are me- mechanical claws on them. And he has x-ray vision glasses. Uh, his parents are super scientists. Uh, by the way, Gert's parents are time traveling villains uh, Lucy in the sky, Carolina, her parents are aliens. Uh, Sister Grimm, Nico's parents are magicians. And uh, Molly, Bruiser's parents are, what are they? I don't remember them very well. Well, they're bad guys as well. <laughs> in the TV show, they're not even alive. So uh, Chase's parents are tech, tech people. Um, And then you have Alex, whose parents are basically crime lords. And Alex does not get a code name in the comic. He does not want a code name. He goes by Alex because he thinks that's a little bit silly. So the first six issues, they all come together and form a team. They decide they're going to be superhero teams, that their parents are going to be villains. They're going to be heroes. Then in issues seven through ten, I don't want to spoil much. Uh, I'm going to have to play the spoiler organ because issues seven through 10, there's a new guy who joins them, but he may not be what he seems. And it turns out, no, he's not what he seems. And you wonder what is going on with this guy. And I'm thinking to myself, that's cool. They're bringing in another character. Um, Even though he seems to be one thing, obviously there's something else going on with him, but then what's going on with him is really neat. And I was excited to see that issues 11 through 12 are cloak and dagger. Cloak and Dagger show up. They are guest stars. They are brought in 
to track down the runaways because they think that the runaways are actually you know committing crimes. And I'm not going to say any specifics there as well because even the things that the runaways are supposed to have done is a spoiler because of the way it fits into things. I, I just want to be really vague right now. Finally, issues 13 through 18 gets us background on the parents and how the parents all came together and what the parents' motivation is. And that was the best thing for me in the comic was to see there's actual legit motivation going on here. There is real reason for the parents to do what they are doing. Now, the parents, like any villain, believe they're the heroes of their story. And so the parents, they turn around and they are like, we are doing this for our children we are doing this for our children to make the world a better place for them. And they're doing these evil things. And that just kind of feeds into, you know, everything I do, I'm doing for my children to have a, a better place for them, hopefully to leave the world in a slightly better than it was when I, when I came into the world and that my kids have a better life than I did. It's, it's what most parents hope for with their children. The difference with what's going on here is they're also evil villains. I mean, they really are evil villains. And so they they say this, but then how they go about doing it is from the evil villain standpoint and not necessarily, you know, the way a normal, well-adjusted, not evil villain person would do. So I enjoyed coming to that point and realizing, oh, this actually makes sense and there's turns and twists and betrayals and, and like I said, secrets and mysteries. And when those things are revealed to me, it was really, really satisfying. Now there's some things that happen in the comic book that I'm thinking to myself, are they going to do this in the TV show? And again, I'm not going to say any spoilers here, but it's going to color the way that I watch the TV show now, because I'm wondering to myself, uh, is this set up for that thing that happened in the comic? Oh, is, is this finally happening? That the, the thing that happened in the comic, is it finally happening here? And I don't think Cloak and Dagger are going to show up in the Runaways uh, TV show, even though they're, they are going to be existing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, but that's because the Cloak and Dagger that come to catch them are experienced and older. And Cloak and Dagger used to be the teenage team, you know, um, you know, obviously the X-Men were as well, but Cloak and Dagger were runaways and they were homeless. And I can't wait to get into those comics, those Cloak and Dagger comics, but I wanted to read this first. And I am so glad I did. I'm so glad I did. I 100% recommend Runaways issues one through 18. I can't speak to the other stuff. I don't know if I ever will speak to it. Like I said, even though Joss Whedon wrote a handful of, of issues. I think he, he finished up a story arc that Brian, K, Brian K. Vaughn began, but didn't want to finish. Um, yeah, but I definitely recommend this. And there's some, there's some fun stuff going on in here as the, these kids are trying to figure out how, how are we going to be superheroes? What kind of costumes are we going to wear or not wear? <laughs> and, should we even, you know, go out where people can see us because our parents run the city and have policemen in their pocket? And yeah, but the spoilers, the things I can't talk about are the biggest reasons why I enjoyed reading these these 18 issues of of Runaways. And this is a, this is a comic series that I just had a lot of fun with. And that is what comics are meant for. Comic book series like this are meant to be fun. And 
Yeah, you can read Mouse, you can read Watchmen, and they're not necessarily fun, but they're well-crafted, and you can appreciate the artistry behind them. Uh, but appreciating artistry is fun. I just want to throw that out there. Just because you're not having fun from the content, appreciating the artistry and understanding you're reading something that is wonderful um, or touching or, or beautiful or, or whatever, um, that's fun in its own way. But yeah, recommended. And that spoiler, man, well... I'm going to play the spoiler right now so I can talk about it because brother, oh brother, this, this was a real surprise to me. So, uh, before I play the spoiler organ, I do want to say, join us on the web, comicbooktimemachine.com. That's where we are. We have a Facebook page where we do some posting. Sometimes we'll post a cool comic cover or two and, Sometimes Swamp Monster News will <laughs> end up there, but go and join us on our Facebook page and, and uh, we look forward to seeing you there. And I just want to say thank you for, for listening. Thank you for letting me talk about comic books for, you know, let's be maybe a 45 minute comic book conversation. One way, yes, unless you're the type of person like me who yells back at the podcast sometimes. But um, thank you for listening. Thank you for, um, you know, being a part of things with me, even though I've never met you. Uh, I, I appreciate it. So yeah, all that said, I'm going to say right now, watch out for spoilers because after this point, spoilers begin. Spoilers. 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 Okay. So the spoiler I'm talking about is first of all, um, the parents' motivation is that they are working for these giant godlike beings that are going to destroy the world because of sacrifices that they're making. And the world is going to be destroyed after 25 years of these sacrifices. And the plan was that um, there's 12 villains and the great giant gods are going to come and they are going to only allow six to enter paradise with them. The other six will be destroyed along with the earth at the end of the 25 years. Well, then one of the couples gets pregnant, and so they decide, okay, well, that just happened. Let's all have children, and we will just leave behind the world for our children, and we will all be sacrificed, and we will tell and make those giant god things, uh, the gibberum, which if you watch the show, that's the name of the church that uh, Leslie works for. Um, you will they, – they will take our children into the new paradise. And yes, very honorable. And then you find out there's a couple of them who have made another side deal to say, well, they can only take six. So we're just going to kill all of the other people. And us four adults, along with our two children, will be the six that the we'll, we will force the Gibberum to take. And then there's another huge twist. And that is Alex. Alex, whose power is basically... He doesn't have a power. His power is just that he's smart and plans well. He makes the plan and his plan is to help his parents because he overheard things earlier. He knew a year before the other kids knew that their parents were evil. And so what does he do? He decides he's going to help his parents and help uh, them to not get killed by those four parents who were going to kill everyone and, and they were going to enter paradise, those two couples and their children. Well, nope, he, Alex is going to help them now. And he actually ends up at the end of the book, he has worked things out. So he basically has all of the powers of the other people on the team. And 
it works out great until the team goes against him and, and they defeat him. And it's, but how it happens, it's all really well done, really well written. But that turnaround where Alex is the bad guy, how is that going to be on the TV show? I, that's my favorite guy. He's my favorite guy on the TV show. And in the comic book, I'm just going to be constantly, uh, as I watch the TV show, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Is he going is he turning now? Is he bad now? Is he evil now? Oh, uh, I don't know. Anyway, I have really, really enjoyed this comic book, as you can see. And um, this this spoiler, the thing with Alex, that thing was set up at the beginning. He was the one character I did not guess would be the betrayer. And so when it happens, it literally, I, I gasped. I never respond like that out loud when I'm reading. And this is one of those few times where I turned the page and realized, oh my goodness, him. And it was, it was great. It was a great moment and a, a great comic. And that's why I wanted to mention it, but that's why I played the spoiler organ is just to say that was for me, one of the greatest plot twist moments that I've read because I didn't see it coming. And I, I liked the character so much that the, when it happened, it was like, oh, it totally makes sense. Even with that knowledge that we didn't have as a reader that he had witnessed something earlier. I mean, his motivation for doing it, I didn't know. But the turnaround, when it happened, it was not completely out of the blue. It was one of these six. And then when you realize he's the smart one, he's the one with the plan, and he turns around and does this, man, it was really, really good. Really, really good. So that's what I have to say about that. Thank you for listening again. Have a great day. Have fun reading your comics. And wherever you are, wherever you're going, Godspeed. <laughs>